0: We're back on the Fan Morning Show. Happy Valentine's Day.
1: That's an aggressive song choice.
0: That is... If I could belt one song out with some sort of acceptable tone and pitch, that would be it.
1: I feel like you... What a tune. Like, I feel like I fantasize over scoring, like, a big goal. Even in a men's league game. Just, like, a a big moment. And I think you... Since you've lived the athlete Those life. Those pipes, though. Is all about singing. Being on stage, that's what you strive <laughs> for. So. That's what you dream
0: about. I think you're wrong about that. I don't think I am. Someone that is on stage and is living in this life of success and luxury, just like that tune. <laughs> Bomani Jones, host of the ESPN, host of The Right Time podcast, host of Game Theory on HBO, joins us this morning. How's it going, Bomani? Bomani.
2: Hey, I'll do it all right. How about you?
0: We're good. Happy Valentine's Day. I hope you have a day full of love and happiness because that's what we're bringing here. Um, Let's talk about that Super Bowl. I think possibly, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but all-time, top 10, top 5, top 2, where are we ranking that?
2: Uh, As I have not seen 57 of them, (laughs) um, (laughs) I I will say it's way up there. Like, I thought it was an, an interesting Um, moving game basically from start to finish. Like there wasn't a dull point in this. So I I was very pleased.
1: And I think part of the I mean, part of what made it great was certainly the play of the quarterbacks. Like it's not often that we get two quarterbacks playing at that high of a level. And even, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes and he didn't have the Patrick Mahomes game. He had the Patrick Mahomes moments. But even with Patrick Mahomes, it was Jalen Hurts who, you know, kind of stole a lot of the story, at least as much as you can when you do, in fact, lose the Super Bowl. So when you look at. Jalen Hurts proving it on the big stage and Mahomes now authoring, what, the best five years ever to start a career as a starter? What, what do you think you're going to be thinking back on and reflecting on when you think about this matchup and how it pertains to the quarterback
2: specifically? Well, with Hurts, I've been a long time skeptic, and I ain't really got nothing left to say now. <laughs> uh, like, after that and on that stage, like uh, the defining moment of Jalen Hurts as a football player up to this point really was getting benched in that national championship game. Like, that was the one. And now, even without a win, that doesn't matter anymore, right? Like, that was the one, like, hey, look, you know, I've seen teams be held up by his shortcomings. What's it going to be? And that dude went out there and got better. Like, that's the thing that stays with me. Mahomes, I mean, he's Jordan of football, basically. So it's almost unfortunate to where a game like that is like, well, you know, he is Patrick Mahomes.
1: With Mahomes, like, there's nothing you can do. It is Patrick Mahomes. You're right. It's Jordan. There's nothing you can really do about Jordan. But I guess there's still maybe a little bit of a buck out on, or at least some concern about what Jalen Hurts could be, because now comes the adjustment, right? Like, do you think he has that secondary or... That uh, that adjustment that he can adjust back when there is a change to the way he uh, to the way that he's defended or is Jalen Hurts kind of proven where he can if you want to take away this he can do that. Are you like all in now on Hurts or is there still some skepticism that hey these defenses these teams will react these coaches will play things differently and that he still has a lot to prove as an NHL or NFL starter rather.
2: Well, I think the reaction, I don't think there's much to prove as a starter. Like, if you want to say there are things to prove as a star, that might be there. But as a starter, absolutely not. I'm not sure how much concern there is about um, the, like, adjustment period. I mean, this is the third year that he's been a starter, right? Like, it's not like he just popped in this year out of nowhere. So, if that's the case, and this is year three, then you can adjust to him. But the real thing with the Eagles is you just got to be able to stop them from running, And that's really hard to do, largely because of Jalen Hurts. And what's different about him versus say, Lamar Jackson is he's giving you more power running. It's not looking for the big explosive run to make it happen. And I think that's a little harder to stop.
0: We already start having these conversations, maybe it's because Tom Brady retired the week before the Super Bowl um, in a nice timely fashion, about Mahomes and on his way to becoming the GOAT. Um, He said, Justin put it really well there, is like one of the best five seasons to start a career is it close in your mind is it going to be close and what else does he need to do to to make that jump over Tom Brady and I know he's got a lengthy career ahead of him
2: well it's not the best five years to start a career it's the best five years any quarterback has ever had Mm. like right there the thing with Brady or any such comparison is that seven Super Bowls right what we're talking about when we start talking about Tom Brady as the greatest, people don't start talking about Tom Brady as a player. They start talking about Tom Brady's resume. And obviously that would take who knows how long for Mahomes to get to seven championships. However, if I got to take one guy, one quarterback of every quarterback that's ever lived to be like, yo, this is your guy for the season. I'm taking Mahomes. Mm. I mean, there's, it's not even a thought as to what it is. The only quarterback that I can think of that is more talented just as a passer. These are the only two that I can think of. Or Aaron Rodgers is a Dan Marino. That's it.
1: So uh, looking at the Super Bowl, where was the brilliance of Mahomes like didn't no, didn't get 200 yards. Yeah, he had some great rushes. He had that one key decisive rush and even against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. There were times where it's like this isn't working. The offense isn't working, but the Chiefs always find a way and Mahomes always finds a way to do enough like even beyond like the crazy things that we see the no look passes everything that he did when that offense was at its peak. Is there like an intangible thing that makes Mahomes Mahomes rather than all those physical attributes?
2: Yeah, I think you just kind of spelled it out in the question. He's the dude that just kind of gets it done. For one, my buddy Nick Wright at uh, Fox Sports 1 always makes the point that Mahomes is maybe the most effective running quarterback ever. Like, he's definitely not as flashy. He's not a Steve Young type or anything like that. But, oh, we need this first down. He's going to be the one that goes and gets you that first down. And then in a game like that where there was no completed pass longer than 22 yards, if you think of him as the flashy guy to go make the big play guy, also if we got a nickel and dime and dink and dunk and get this done, he'll do it. We've seen defenses adjust what the Chiefs did by going with those two high safeties and telling him, okay, you're going to have to do it a little bit at, the to- at a time. And he was like, oh, okay, cool, I can do that. No problem. Like it was just a year and a half ago, or maybe it was two years when they first started making that move on defense and people are like, oh, what's Mahomes going to do now? Well, you've seen it.
0: Any reason to doubt that these two teams could be here next season right at the end of the dance again? Um, I know that Philly had some you know, questions around, was it a legitimate pass to the Super Bowl? You didn't face the toughest teams, but nonetheless they got there and the big dance. Um, anything that gives you pause in terms of seeing these two make it all the way to the end again?
2: Well, the doubt for the Chiefs is always going to be just how much defense do they play in a given year. Right. Like that's what it comes down to for them. And that will always raise the questions whether that defense is not going to show up in a single elimination tournament um, with the Eagles. I don't have any, I mean, they're just loaded. Like if you were to ask which team is more talented, it was definitely the Eagles. So I don't have, there's no one thing to point to about the Eagles, except for the fact they did have some struggles last year with stopping the run. But outside of that, I don't have anything to point to. I mean, there's each of these teams could be there barring some seismic offseason season changes with their rosters. What about the
1: Andy Reid factor? Like, there were some whispers or at least some talk about potential retirement. You got Eric Bieniemy right there behind him waiting in the wings uh, so long as he doesn't leave for another job this offseason. Like, we just saw the Chiefs survive, you know, a talent exodus, right? They lose Tyreek Hill. They have to make some concessions with their roster because Patrick Mahomes is making the money that he's making. But can the Chiefs survive Andy Reid's departure?
2: Um, That is a good question because we have to remember Andy Reid has now coached in four Super Bowls. When you start start trying to name the guys that have coached in four Super Bowls, we're talking about like Noel, Landry, Shula, um, like Bill Walsh didn't even go to four Super Bowls, Belichick, um, you know, you go up and down that line you don't drop a coach like that out and then everything just keep moving ordinarily. You know, like that's probably not going to happen. We saw in Tampa Bay, you couldn't even take Bruce Arians out and everything just keep moving like it had been before. Um, if he leaves, I would expect it would be with a strong endorsement for the enemy to be that guy to take that job, but there would be an adjustment and they would probably be worse off because it's unfair to expect Eric B to be a better coach than Andy Reid.
1: We're talking about Monty Jones, who is the host of game theory on HBO just in the same vein with Reed. What what is his like what is his legacy? Where does he rank all time? Does this really really catapult him into that next stratosphere or did he exist in that stratosphere already?
2: Um I mean it just depends on the, what you think the difference is between going to a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl. If you think that winning a second Super Bowl is like an inflection point in the sort of thing, then yeah, it was a jump in legacy. But to me, the jump the thing with Andy Reed as it relates to legacy really has more to do with the way that people around him feel about him than just the success. Like, it's one thing to be this successful as a head coach, but it ain't that many guys who are that successful as a coach and people still think of them like they're people, right? Like, wow, Andy Reid, good guy. He's almost like a dad. You know, like, you know, like you go through the other guys, people don't think of them like that. But that's the way that people look at Andy Reid. So it's not just about how good he is as a football coach. it's the across the board, love he gets as a human being.
0: Did you see the news that came out that one of their play calls is corn dog? I just thought that was
2: hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's the other part too. Like we ain't got a lot of people left who are like jolly about being quasi obese. Like Andy Reid's the last one left. Yeah, oh, he, he, he didn't mind it. at
1: all. Like Terry Bradshaw's taking shot after shot after shot of the podium, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm, yeah, I won two Super Bowls, that I like to eat. Like it's all good."
0: Oh, he's a yes. he's a gem. Um, all right, let's shift to basketball. We just finished the NBA trade deadline, and up here in Toronto, it was a. Uh, Left us wanting, to say the least. But what did happen was the end of the Harden-Durant-Irving experiment. Was that the worst experiment in NBA history?
2: Well, it was certainly the most disappointing. I don't think there's any way around that, especially when you consider those three guys played something like 16 games together. And that was it. But the idea that four years ago they brought Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant in, and fast forward to now, they won one playoff series. Just one that's mind blowing when you really think about it. Like the comparison that I make is when you think about those 2004 Lakers, and they signed an old Gary Payton and an old Carl Malone. And that team was seen as such a colossal disappointment. They went to the finals. Then that's only they got out of the first round once. I mean, I think that tells you just about everything
1: in terms of future outlook. It's pretty easy to pinpoint the Suns as maybe the team with the most uh, possibility ahead of them or the most potential ahead of them right now. But, it's not necessarily a slam dunk, despite what the odds may say that they uh, could make something of this season now with Kevin Durant in the fold. It, it, was that how you look at it, though? Like if you're hopeful for one of these franchises involved, the Suns, Mavs, and Nets, which one which one would you lay your bets with in terms of the prospects for future success and just things
2: not being a disaster? Yeah, the Suns, no question. Um, the The question for them is how much Chris Paul do they need? Because you can almost bet that you're going to have some Chris Paul injury situation, and you might have one from Kevin Durant. Like, not like Kevin Durant's played that many games in the course of the last five years. Um, so I would definitely say the Suns. The only question for them is who are they going to guard? Like, trading Bridges and trading Johnson, they might have traded their best two defensive players. The question is about, going to be for them about who they're going to guard and chemistry, right? Like their situation with chemistry has always been a little bit dicey. Now let's see where it goes from here.
1: Do you fear for Luka Doncic?
2: Uh, yes, because I just don't have any faith in Mark Cuban putting a team together. Mm. I just don't. And I don't think there's been anything in the last 10 years to encourage any faith in Mark Cuban's ability to put a team together, even with new general manager and everything else. I just don't see it. Um, and we'll see how this goes with Kyrie. But I don't think that Kyrie Irving makes them a legitimate contender in the West.
1: No, it's hard to say that, but, man, I I don't know if I could think of a more talented backcourt ever. Like, the shot-making ability, the individual talent between Luca and Kyrie is really unlike anything we've seen, no?
2: Oh, no, it's up there. Like, I mean, you think we had a brief period where Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant in the same backcourt, for example. Like, that would would be a big one. You go back to, like, the 70s and Knicks, and you can talk about those. But, you know, in, shall we say, modern times, yeah, no, it ain't getting much better than this one.
0: So there were some rumors that the the Toronto Raptors would either be buyers or sellers, and they, they took one baby step forward, but not enough um, to really excite the audience here in Toronto. What's your outlook on this Toronto Raptors team? They have a lot of great pieces, but it doesn't seem like maybe the timelines match up as well as we would like. They're only a few years removed from an NBA championship, but we're not sure of the direction. Which direction should the Toronto Raptors go in?
2: I mean, my general rule on things like this is, I trust what is going to do. Like that, that would be the way that I ultimately look at it. The thing is, they've got a number one player that is kind of in that in-between number one slash number two for a championship team. It's the Yakum. Uh Scottie Barnes, obviously, is the future, and you see where that winds up going. But they're in that sort of nebulous, a player or two away. If you're a player away, you typically go get the player. If you're two away, you've got a dilemma about whether to build it up or tear it down but I think the guys that they have are too good for the full tear it down program, but we'll see what they wind up doing in the off season. Cause this is again, a kind of franchise is probably not one that's going to do well in free agency necessarily. They got to figure it out themselves on how to make it work. But I think Ujiri has demonstrated that he's earned certain faith in that. If there's a way to do it, he's going to be the one to figure it.
1: Uh, the story before the trade deadline sort of uh, changed the headlines was LeBron catching Kareem becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer when you look at LeBron's reality now and what the Lakers are and what the Lakers could be, can you kind of conclude that LeBron's legacy is, like, complete at this point? Like, we know exactly, we can reflect now, even though his, his career isn't over?
2: Yes. I don't. I mean, I don't think that they're going to be a championship contender in the next two years, right? And I think that that's probably the most realistic window for his career is the next two years. I don't think he will be a championship contender at that point, which means there's really nothing to add to the LeBron James ledger. At that point, he's not in contention now anymore for being the best player in the league. He's probably still top 10, but he's not one of the best players in the league. So what it is is what it is at this point, I think. Now, if he decides he wants to do something like play 25 years, maybe that becomes part of the legacy. But I don't really care that much about that.
0: So maybe the rest of LeBron's story isn't the most intriguing um, for you this second half. But what is the most intriguing storyline or team to follow as we uh, head towards the playoffs?
2: Well, I want to see what happens in the West with Denver, as right now they're kind of far and away the best team in the West, at least by record, and the Phoenix changes that by making the changes in addition, you know, the Kevin Durant addition that they wound up making. But this is going to be the year where Jokic is going to have to show improve as the guy that you decide, okay, give me the ball and I can carry us here. That's the one thing he hasn't really demonstrated is that. This is the time where he's going to have to do that. I mean, a two-time MVP who is playing much better than he did last season. Like, not even a little bit. Much better than he did last season. So then what happens in the playoffs?
1: So I caught your interview with Jake Paul on Game Theory. Uh, two two questions from this. Do you sort of enjoy that verbal sparring that can sometimes come uh, when you sit in the seat that you do? And what do you think Paul's rise says about the future of sports and sports watching and sports entertainment?
2: Well, I don't enjoy that because that sparring. Like, that, was, that wasn't that was sparring. That was a guy who just decided to be a jerk. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with that? Like, he's 25 years old, man. I ain't really trying to argue with no 25-year-old uh, back and forth. Now, what it says about sports and sports viewing is a little bit tricky because he's a bit of a special case. He had this giant audience already, and then he just pivoted over to, like, hey, want to watch me fight people? Like, I don't see his videos. His fights is, like, terribly different than, like, Kimbo Slice fight videos. You just want to watch somebody fight. He happens to be somebody. OK, cool. Um, but it is wild to me, though, the idea that he could pull in as many viewers to watch him fight as an amateur. That, like I readily admit that that part throws me off the idea that he could get a deal with showtime force fights. Mm-hmm. Again, that's kind of wild um, to me. But I don't as of this moment, I feel like this is really just tied to Jake Paul. It does show what the potential is for somebody else. But you got to be Jake Paul in the first place. And there aren't though, that many of those.
1: So season two of Game Theory is in full swing. What can we expect this season? What stories uh, are you looking forward to telling and, uh, and uh, showcasing with your audience?
2: Yeah, I ain't too big on giving up too much down the line about what we're doing, but I can tell you this week, we're looking at the irony of All-Star Weekend, maybe the blackest sporting weekend in America being held in Salt Lake City. Um, and kind of taking a look at basketball and this entity called Overtime Elite and what the future is for youth basketball and how that's going to affect the NBA.
1: All right, looking forward to it. New episodes of Game Theory with Bomani Jones debut every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern on HBO and HBO Max. We look forward to tracking the season, and hopefully we can uh, chat with you again down the line, Bomani. All right, man, you guys be good. That's Bomani Jones, host at The Right Time Podcast and Game Theory on HBO.
0: What do you think of Jake Paul and the Pauls?
1: That's why I was wondering, that's why I was curious what he what he said about, like, what it actually means. Like, I don't know, like, there's this isn't just a one-off. Like, this is going to continue somehow. Mm-hmm. But it does, t- like, you can't, no, he's not going to be a legitimate champion boxer. He's going to only get matches that he believes he can win. But is that really a departure from the norm in combat sports? Like, this is what a lot of athletes do. Like, why would you accept a fight
0: you know you're going to get boxing, handed like, to
1: you? <laughs> yeah, like, in bo- boxing's all about padding records. Like, you get to the point where you finally have to put up in boxing after you've won 30 times and you have a 30-0 and 0 record because you have to build so much in order to become something. But the different thing with Jake Paul is that he was something first. And he said it. I do expect people to be trying to replicate that. It's just that there's only two Paul brothers. And you, you can't deny how, like, effective they are in a social media world and how capable they are when they apply themselves to something. Like, he's a good boxer. He's a good boxer if you look at amateur boxing. And Logan Paul can be on WrestleMania and be, like, don't look like a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. Normally you see guys try to do that and they look kind of silly. But it doesn't look silly with the Paul brothers a lot. So it's, like, they're undeniably talented. It's just you got to take it all with a grain of salt.
0: I don't know when their next match is. Two weeks. Okay.
1: Jake Paul finally fights a boxer. That's why he went on Bomani's show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got Tyson Fury's cousin, I think.
0: Okay.
1: I'm, for- I'm blanking on the first name. A Fury he will fight. Okay. Tommy Fury he will fight. Uh, thanks, D. Um, and he's a real boxer, but he's not a good one. Comes from a boxing family, but he's not like a great boxer. He kind of he knows that he can beat him. And Tommy Fury knows. This is probably the height of my boxing career is being on yeah. the same stage as Jake Paul.
0: Get a lot of eyes. So, uh,
1: yeah, it's not, it's, it is what it is, and people care about it, though.
0: Well, in two weeks, we can tee that up in the wake and write. Not today, I wonder, We
1: could probably find the line right now. Find probably look, could. Look for it, but it'll, I'm sure it's juiced heavily in favor of Jake Paul.
0: <laughs> um, speaking of viewers, Rihanna's halftime performance had more viewers than the Super Bowl. 118.7 million people tuned into the halftime performance and 113 million people tuned into the actual Super Bowl. I don't know how you even begin to calculate those numbers.
1: How do you separate it? Is it still not the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl I guess broadcast? it's more
0: people that turned on their TV to watch just that halftime channel.
1: And it makes sense because if you're watching the Super Bowl, you definitely don't turn off the Super Bowl halftime show, yes. but a lot of people will come in and just want to watch the halftime show. Makes sense. I just thought it was interesting. I think I I heard that it was the third highest-viewed television program of all time. The third
0: most-watched television show on record. Meaning that
1: Rihanna herself beat the third highest-viewed television show on record, which is pretty impressive.
0: The most-watched Super Bowl in six years, the most-streamed Super Bowl ever. That doesn't surprise me because the world of streaming is getting bigger and bigger every year.
1: Notice how the... uh, the Super Bowl doesn't have the issue that the NHL does where it's like, oh, you've got to take into account streaming numbers with the NHL viewership being down.
0: What do you think was the most viewed halftime show ever? This was the second. Which one was ahead of her?
1: God, I, I don't know. What would beat her? It would have to be recent. I wouldn't expect it would have been last year.
0: Katy Perry's halftime show in 2015 really? drew better numbers than was. I don't know. People love Katy Perry. That's an injustice. You know what I don't love is that commercial that Katy Perry's in, and you hear it every single time you turn on the television. No free ads, but My you know what My dog wants I'm to about. jump
1: through the television every time it happens, <laughs> so I hate it for two reasons. It's
0: tough. Yeah. Anyway, Katy Perry's still the champion of halftime show viewership numbers.
1: Congrats to Katy Perry.
0: We still have time to read your beautiful Valentine's Day poems that you are sending into the text line. I do have another one here before we take a break, giving you time to send it in at five ninety five ninety. Maybe you uh, have an opportunity to tell a loved one right now on the air how much they mean to you. Will from Niagara. My alarm goes off and into my truck I go. Start, start up the engine and tune into the fan morning show. With Ailish and Justin, I start off my day talking Raptors and Leafs in a fan sort of way. Whether I'm glowing like the beam or betting on the wrong team, the wake and rake is fun, but my favorite part of the show is when you say yum, yum, yum. I, too, just spoke to text. Top of the dome. Love you guys. Thank for all the laughs. Happy Valentine's Day. Yum, okay. yum, yum. <laughs> Love it. Love it. That's such a nice one, Will. Thank you for that. That was for us. Didn't you have
1: a nice Blue Jays one, too? I
0: did. Jay Red sends in the following. The stitches are red. The Jays are blue. Can't wait to watch the Jaybirds and a little Bisons, too.
1: You got a soft spot for the little bisons, eh? Little soft
0: bisons. Spot. Very cute. Um, one more. J.D. Bunk. Death <laughs> used to be a punk. He eats too much junk and thinks of himself as a hunk.
1: <laughs> Something tells me J.D. won't be... Uh,
0: reading poems Reading on the air?
1: poetry on the air today. Maybe, though.
0: I would be... I'm not going to put money on the line again because I learned my lesson, but he, I said I'd give you $200 for something. He
1: kept you in here after the show yesterday. What was...
0: But there's no way that J.D. Bunkus will read poetry on the air No. for his listeners. Different listener base there. Yeah, I think so. Um, all right, let's take a break. Five ninety five ninety. you want us to read your poems? You want to write a poem to us, to your loved ones, to the Toronto Maple Leafs, Raptors, Blue Jays, whatever suits your fancy. Today's the day of love and e- expressing how you feel. We will try to give you some money in the wake and rake so you can spend it on roses or chocolates. But we need your pecs at dollars $5.90, $5.90. That's next on the other side of the break, The Wake and Rake.
2: Breaking down
1: the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jazz Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake up! Now it's time for Wake and Rake.
2: You could be raking in the dough with your
0: kind of accuracy.
1: Show me the money. With Alish and Justin.
0: All right, it's time for the Wake and Rake, our final block of the morning on your beautiful Tuesday, February 14th. Hope you are feeling the love this morning. You know who is? Andrew Baker.
1: Did we make contact with Andrew Baker? Andrew Baker
0: Baker has tuned in. Sweet. Yesterday while we were logging off, he sent a DM on Twitter. Did you guys just tell, did you say my name on the radio? Did I win the Fan Morning Show prop bet? And he just caught the end of it where we had given him a lot of praise and he deserved it. (laughs) He is now texted in. Yeah. And I'd like to read it because he is our champ. Hey, guys, it's Andrew Baker. That's right, the Andrew Baker. Nice. Gold medalist and and all-around champion of the first-ever Fan Morning Show Super Bowl prep competition. I couldn't have done it without the love and support of my lovely wife, Cassie Baker. We did it, baby. Happy Valentine's Day. I'd also like to thank my personal trainer, Alexandra Keith. Don't love the card for tonight, so just going to go Raptors versus Magic over 222 points and hope for the best. Have a great day. Okay. Alexandra Keith.
1: Do we give? Uh, Do you get it? Yeah, I got it. Okay, I got it. Do we give the heat check to Andrew? We Baker? might
0: have to. He's our champion. Last night or yesterday, we gave the pick to Juliana, our silver medalist, and it hit. She nailed it. I was the weakest link. I understand it. I think that the Calgary Flames are going to blow a four-goal or three-goal lead. No.
1: Well, we needed them too to happen. get my pick. So, yeah. I mean, if you want to lay blame at my feet, sure. But we needed those goals. We needed overtime. We just needed Calgary to win in overtime.
0: So we were close. Close doesn't count, but we did our best. So Andrew Baker, congratulations again. He's in the text line. He's submitting his picks. You can do so at 595. 590. We have a little bit of time if you want us to read a poem as well. Here's one for you. Okay. Roses are red, violets are blue, Justin Nailish are funny, but their picks are poo. All right. <laughs> Sorry, All we right. try, buddy. We try.
1: You're wearing the glasses I was wearing in the first block. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to really look at them. I was just. Just you got to wear these right now. Mm-hmm. And now I'm worried about what the first block's going to look like in video form later no, because those look like are ridiculous glasses. Like ridiculous.
0: I struggled to keep it serious while I looked at you with these glasses. I just on. couldn't
1: see at all. You'll have so. to
0: tune in on our Twitter. Oh, you actually have a TikTok now, folks. There's a Sportsnet 590 The Fan TikTok page where you mm-hmm. can catch all of our videos. So go follow that.
1: Our stuff. JD's stuff, Kipper Kipper and Bourne on there. They went viral. Did you see that? With the Timo Meyer trade.
0: Wow. Did they ever get roasted? So I know that Sam McKee like threw across a very preliminary focused researched bet for Kipper and Bourne to talk about. Bet? No, trade. trade. Trade, We're in the wake and rake. All I think about is bets. Anyway, they got absolutely annihilated on social media. Can
1: you find it? Let's break down this trade.
0: Um, you know what, Borny? Let me get it for a second. But Cause, yes,
1: because I had my Meyer poem earlier.
0: He they got fully torn
1: apart. Which I was worried about getting torn apart for. Although I guess it's not as serious as an actual trade.
0: Now, there's nothing people love to rip apart more than fake trades because everybody's a GM. Armchair GMs love to get. That's the thing. Their, is their like, calculators. We though. were
1: talking about this with the Raptors. It's one thing to try to create the trade. It's another to rip on the trade. It's so much easier to rip on the trade.
0: Yeah, everyone's an idiot.
1: <laughs> Why wouldn't San Jose want?
0: Okay, this was the trade. It's pretty bad though.
1: Okay, let's hear it. Okay, before so, I defend McKee. So on hear
0: it. Sportsnet five ninety, the fans' social pages they put this clip out, and this was the mock trade alert. The Leafs receive Timo Meyer and Stephen Lawrence.
1: Lawrence. Yep. Lawrence. Yeah.
0: The Sharks receive. Pierre Engval, Alex Kerfoot, Matthew Nyes. Okay. A third and a fourth round pick in 2023
1: and then 2024. <laughs> okay. He <laughs> is pretty bad. So it's Nyes and a third and fourth? Yes. So the, the, you listed Sorry, yeah.
0: I, Sorry, it's a third and a second. A third in 2023 and a second in 2024.
1: Okay, so it's Nyes. A second and a third. And Plus, Kirkford you've got to take Avril. on the issues that <laughs> the Leafs have at least up front with their with their money, in order to get a star, like a pretty close to a star. Like we were just talking mm-hmm. to Bobani Mo, Mo Jones. Like, where is Siakam on the stardom scale? I think it's like kind of Timo Meyer. Like Timo, he's very, very, very good. Going to be the best player on a good team, probably not. Or best player on like an elite team, probably not. Um, for. And Steven Lorenz, which would be a nice little addition to the yeah, fourth yeah, line. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, I guess there's a reason to rip that. It would probably have to be Nyes and a first and yeah, a second. I so. Like probably the Bo Horvat compilation or the, the combo to get a guy like Timo Meyer. But, I mean, there have been worse ideas out there.
0: Anyway, social media loves it. So that's
1: it. the key. We just have to come up with some outlandish things to go viral oh, wait, on, our, wait, wait. on our TikTok account, which you can now find on TikTok.
0: That's right. Okay, so we will try to stay away from the red hot takes and trades, but might get you looking. So, we do have some anchor picks today. Um, we do have the Super Bowl futures as well. Do you want to go through those?
1: Yeah, we could go through some Super Bowl futures. I think we mentioned it a little bit yesterday, but like you got to be really firm and confident in something to put money down that's going to sit there for a full year, right? Like, who really wants to do that?
0: I, I hate doing that, and I don't do that.
1: I, it's my favorite game, and I do not even do the full year. I will be getting involved when I, when I see fit, but mm-hmm. right now you're just reacting to what exactly we just saw, and the thing is, a lot can change. We still have the draft. We still have free yeah. agency. We still have the ability for teams to make trades. So you're betting into a market that you have to wait a full year for it to complete, and you're betting into a market where there are a ton of, of unknowns so if you're doing anything right now you should be betting on teams with the possibility of getting way better mm-hmm. right teams that with a couple moves could be way more valuable than they are right now so you shouldn't be looking at the chiefs although if you bet the chiefs every year at this time you're looking pretty good couple plus 600s in the last five years you're gonna be in the positive if you just did that however i wouldn't probably Assume that they're just going to get it done every single year, so you're probably missed the boat on that. But I, I don't think you can bet the Chiefs or the Bills or the Forty ers
0: How about the Eagles Jets right at now. plus twenty eight hundred?
1: That's one that makes sense. Aaron, what what if Aaron Rodgers comes out Rodgers,
0: of his dark hole of yeah, meditation. The only thing
1: he sees in the darkness is green. Then you, well, I it guess, might be money. I guess it could be. Lambo it could be other green or, uh, things too. Yeah, green Bay or Weed. It would have to be that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be that dark, dark green, uh, and also not pot. It would, have, it would have to be the green. Might jerseys be hard
0: for him to decipher
1: of uh, the New York Jets. Anyway, that's one of the good options. I think the Jaguars maybe could improve to a decent degree. Mm-hmm. I think you're right about the Jets. Maybe the Dolphins can improve. Wow, but like if you, I don't really think any other team makes a whole lot of sense because you have to be. Pretty good, but not good enough yet to be a valuable bet, I think, at this point. So I think if you go Jags and Jets, maybe the price drops. But do we really think the Jags or the Jets are winning next year? Nah, it's probably going to be Kansas City and Philly and Cincinnati and whoever. And if you bet all those, you're not going to make any money.
0: Gary from Caledon just texted in, Lions win the Super Bowl plus 2,500. They're top eight, LOL.
1: Lions have a chance to get better.
0: Yeah, and they're the fun team to cheer for as well. How
1: how do they get better, though? Like, I don't expect – like, what big move – because they need a big move still. They need to be better. Do you have to improve the defense? Do you have to get an upgrade on Jared Goff? You definitely
0: don't need a new coach.
1: You definitely don't need a new coach.
0: So you got that locked in.
1: You got a lot of pieces on the offense. You do have pieces on the defense, too, but it feels like they'd have to probably upgrade Jared Goff and get, like – Maybe the best free agent defensive player out there. Maybe draft a few others as well.
0: Is there a Lamar Jackson update?
1: Like, imagine if imagine if Lamar Jackson ended up in okay, well, Detroit right somehow.
0: That's crazy, but
1: wherever Lamar Jackson goes, the odds will mm-hmm. shorten up real quick.
0: Do, like, if the Ravens trade him, what, I don't even know what teams are in the mix. Like, I you're feel not like even it's La- anything.
1: Atlanta's the only one that I've heard speculated. And mm. it does make a lot of sense. Why wouldn't Atlanta go out and upgrade their quarterback position? However, that's not going to make and any difference. Atlanta's
0: bottom six in betting yeah. odds plus 7,500. So if you're
1: just doing something to improve price, if you think Lamar Jackson is going to end up there, it could go from 75 to 1, which it is now, you said, to yes. 50 to 1. And maybe you can make a little bit of money, but you have to, if you want to cash the ticket, you're not betting on the Atlanta Falcons.
0: Here's uh, I've just typed in his name on Google. The Panthers have been in search of a quarterback since Cam Newton departed. This would certainly serve solve that issue. They have the ninth overall pick in the draft and two second round picks. A fun young team uh, on the defensive side of the ball. They could use a nice quarterback.
1: And they played really well at times at the end of last season. Like they showed, like they had something. But still, we're talking about we were talking about full rebuild at one point this year when they were trading away. Well, they traded away Christian McCaffrey, and they were, oh, they they didn't trade away Brian Burns, but there there was talk about like everything that is of value they're going to send away. And when you're in that mode, you're not that close, even with the Lamar Jackson.
0: Falcons are also rumored. You're right with that one. Dolphins depends on what's going on with Tua, right? Now
1: the Dolphins are interesting because the Mm -hmm. Dolphins are really good. They have a lot of great players. The problem wasn't even quarterback, the problem was just health at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. But if you put Lamar Jackson on that team, and that does make sense, he, I believe he's a Florida guy. I think he's a Florida legend now that I'm thinking about it, actually. That would
0: make a lot of sense.
1: They'd be immediately in he's the conversation. He's a con- Florida legend. He'd be immediately in the conversation
0: if they got him. But how do you make that work? Well, I think that we need some Tua updates on his health.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, they'd probably better be better off if they had, like, the ability to make a decision on Tua, but it just seems like they're kind of Okay, we gotta we gotta see if he's all right. We gotta see if he can play football. Football, but that seems kind of unlikely.
0: The other rumored places or prospective places we just said the Lions. How about the Seahawks? Geno Smith though, buddy. He's uh, he did the comeback player of the year, right? Yeah. You can't I mean, boot him.
1: It almost like it kind of worked against them in a little in a in a way that Geno was so good mm. because they weren't expecting to be good, but. They were better than anyone expected, and Geno was way better than anyone anticipated. And now they're like, "Well, oh, we kind of have to see if Geno is something." But do you think Geno is going to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback? I don't think so. I don't think so.
0: Um, we Las
1: just, Vegas is another interesting one.
0: Well, that's where.
1: Well, I'm seeing the I'm seeing the Raiders at forty to one right now.
0: Interesting because there's an opportunity for a quarterback to head over there. It's not going to be Tom Brady. If Aaron
1: Rodgers ended up there, he's going to see the Devontae darkness. Adams, remember, if he sees, yeah, if it's silver and black instead of green. And then maybe there's something there. So that's that's the gamble. Like that's maybe you have some insider information. Maybe some somehow you come upon uh, the decision from Rodgers. Maybe you're working at the darkness spa that he's going to be visiting over the next few days. Has he gone yet? And he tells you on his way out that he wants to sign or he wants to be traded to the Vegas Raiders. Then you can make that bet at 40-1 to 1 and feel pretty good about it. But other than that without information that most people are with, I don't know if you can make a good bet right now in the Super Bowl.
0: I just typed in to see if he's on his uh, retreat yet. And what I do see is Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat is irking NFL executives. (laughs) Why? Peter King wrote on Monday following the Super Bowl, and we just talked about Peter King earlier, there was an eyebrow raising amongst the few of the league or team people I brought this up with. The reaction being, I can see why the Packers would consider treating him. Seems like a good person, but it might be worth, might be more trouble than he's worth. It's going to be important to get through this week and take my isolation retreat and be able to contemplate, Roger said. But a lot of people are kind of, this is now my own spin on it from reading this briefly, is that they're kind of pissed off that he's doing this and holding up decisions from being made. I mean, it is his decision, but.
1: He can do whatever he wants to do. It's a People little anno- are not liking it, it is a little annoying, but if you're Vegas, like I'd wait. What else are you gonna like? Yeah, you might wanna make a different decision. You might want to chase a different quarterback, but what other option would give you at least the ceiling that Aaron Rodgers would provide?
0: Danielle I just confirmed that he's not on his retreat yet. He's doing Pat McAfee today and then he's going. Nice. So we'll have some content tomorrow. It's
1: going straight to the darkness after Pat McAfee.
0: Um, One last one here in terms of Super Bowl futures that individuals are texting in Chargers to getting a new offensive coach.
1: Yeah, 20 to 1. I'm seeing it right now. I just, I don't think there's enough there. And are they going to be able to improve the way that they need to? Yeah, maybe they could have a good draft. Maybe they could be good in free agency. Maybe there's something there. You just said there was nothing there. Maybe there is. Okay. But, I, but again, 20 to 1 will be there, I think, in September.
0: All right. Uh, let's go through some of our anchor picks. We'll put together our parlay. Um, I do want to say the biggest sporting event happening in the city of Toronto today is Hockey Day. Oh, go on. My former school mm-hmm. where I went to high school.
1: Now, there are a few. Okay, high school.
0: I went to one school for one year, and then I finished my high school career at Bishop Strawn School. In Toronto. I was a boarding school student at this wonderful all girls private school in Forest Hill.
1: Mm-hmm. Forest Hill. We. Nice spot.
0: Every year, the biggest battle of the city of Toronto and maybe nationwide is today, Hockey Day. The Bishop Strong Bobcats versus the Havergal Gators. All yeah. eyes are on this game today. My Bobcats versus the Gators. And my wake and rake pick is for the Bobcats to destroy the Gators today. Can, no betting you lines bet on, high on school, it. Uh, but in my high heart hockey? and in my mind, I see them coming out victorious. Every year that I played for the Bobcats, we beat the Gators. Oh there was hockey only Day. one. No.
1: You said went, you went there one year.
0: I went there for multiple years. I went to one school for one other
1: year. Oh okay. I was going to say, what did the stat line... The one that line, Juliana went to. What did the stat line look at, oh, like, on the one year? dominated that. You dominated this game every year?
0: Yes. This was the day that you pulled out all the stops. Is this the day is the
1: reason you no. were recruited to Dartmouth?
0: That's not why. But, nonetheless, today is a huge day, and I'm sending all my love and well wishes to the Bobcats today. Go get them. All this, right, go Bobcats. This means a lot to our school. Are you going to the And game? our rivalry. I will be there. Nice. I'm making an appearance. I'm going to be cheering on in the burgundy and white. Okay. My old school, my old... My alma mater. It's a big day. So BSS, the win over Havergal. my heart pick for today's Wake and Rake. Unfortunately, no betting lines up um, on women's, girls' high school hockey in the city of Toronto. Maybe you can find a fan
1: to, like, swindle there. Like, you could walk in and start taking bets yourself. (laughs) Sure, why not? 50 bucks on the Bobcats.
0: Anyway, go Bobcats, go. Biggest battle today in Toronto sports, followed by the Orlando Magic at the Toronto Raptors at 7.30 p.m., they need this win.
1: The Raptors or the Bobcats?
0: <laughs> Both. But the Raptors <laughs> really need this win. This is their last game before the NBA All-Star Break. Yep. They're looking for a different future with Jakob Pertl in terms of, okay, now we're winners. We're gonna, we're gonna buy. We're gonna go all in here and see what happens. So they're seven point favorites at home against the Magic. I think I'm just gonna bet them on the spread.
1: That's your Wake and
0: it's selection? The, Yep. It's the game.
1: You are ripping up the context of two straight victories, Orlando over Toronto that's right. last time. Well,
0: I think that that gives you something made. to play for. Okay. You're back at home. You're about to go on a lengthy trip. I think they know they need to make this a big statement game. So Raptors on the spread. That's for me. I'm going for the little hometown pick today, my hometown parlay. Okay. Bobcats well, and Raptors.
1: The Magic have stalled out. Sort of since that time mm-hmm. as well. Like it's not like they springboard to success after beating the Raptors that fateful weekend. So I think that's a decent pick. Generally, when there's a decent favorite, like I'm okay with it. Maybe it gets down to some free throw shooting at the end, but hopefully they cover the six and a half. It's not a problem. Six and a half, you said it was?
0: Yeah, we'll do six and a half. Yep. Okay. Uh,
1: okay. So that's I'm,
0: my wake and rate pick.
1: I'm taking the devils over the blue jackets in regulation. So the three-way money line. I was thinking about doing the puck line it's plus one twenty. But I'm going to go with the minus 125 Devils in regulation over the Blue Jackets. We just saw the Blue Jackets a couple nights ago in Toronto. And, of They're course, the, the, the night before that. Like in, Other than like just deciding to show up for one period, I guess one plus period, the <laughs> second and the third, they were a sorry excuse for an NHL team. And I think the Devils are still a team playing for a lot. Maybe they don't have the motivational problems that the Maple Leafs may have right now. I expect them to be very, very good. I expect them to outshine and outclass the Columbus Blue Jackets. So comfortably, I will take the Devils on the three-way money line, minus 125.
0: Okay, lock that one in there, and now we're looking for our anchor pick. So let's go through it. Ron and Juliana, and another shout-out to BCSS, Bill Crothers Secondary School, is also playing in a hockey tournament today. So best of luck to all of Your schools. My schools. (laughs) Good morning. For today's anchor, I'm going to follow in both of your footsteps and fade the Ottawa Senators today and take the New York Islanders on the puck line at plus 130. Playing a back-to-back after an OT game and then having to travel to New York without an experienced goalie is a recipe for a loss. Juliana will go back to the well and take the Warriors plus eight and a half today against they the play Clippers. Every night. <sighs> yeah. Do the Warriors ever have a night off? Is my next question.
1: And do you ever bet against the Warriors? No, she Not doesn't. She's Juliana. loyal.
0: Um, Juliana will go back to the well, take Warriors plus eight and a half against the Clippers. Warriors played a solid game yesterday, and she's looking to get back to back wins. That's Ron and Juliana.
1: Eric from Burlington has more support for the Islanders on the puck line. Senators got lucky last night. Yeah, they did. Did they? I kind of shut it down thinking that that I missed another bet, but uh, that wasn't the case. Um, But he thinks Sens will lose tonight versus the Islanders. He also likes the Devils puck line. I'm going money line, but more support for the Devils as well.
0: Um, I just read Andrew Baker's, of course, so he's going Raptors versus Magic over 222. Hope for the best.
1: And now we got Neil. Stan Wawrinka got the win yesterday over Bublik. Yes, he did. Today, he's going with... Ramos Vinolas on the money line over Cabela's Bena. That's tough. Vinolas over Bena. <laughs> Vinolas is a very good clay player and Bena is struggling with his game lately. We're going to have to trust you and we always trust you, Neil from Newfoundland. Neil
0: in Newfoundland is my Valentine today.
1: Okay. That's fair.
0: Andrew Muskoka. I'm going to take the Sens Islanders under six. P. S. close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. All right, thanks.
1: Don't we know it, Andrew and Muskoka. And lastly, Florida Moneyline over Saint Louis, Panthers six, three, and one in the last ten. Blues three and seven. Do not have a name there, but we will trust that this is a good pick. Florida money line, minus one twenty five over the St. Louis Blues. Anything stick out to you?
0: Um, we got a lot of Islanders like tonight. Islanders puck line, two of those.
1: It's it's Islanders or it's the heat check for Baker? I think we go heat check, Baker.
0: Oh, yeah, we did discuss that we're going to do heat check for Baker. Our champion of the Fan Morning Show first annual Super Bowl prop sheet was Andrew Baker, and so with that, you win the right to have the over picked for your game.
1: Even with Jakob Pertl out there improving that defense for the Toronto Raptors, we're going to take an over.
0: We're going to take over. I'm seeing it at 221.5. Raptors on the spread, 6.5, and and the New Jersey Devils – Three way money line, so an in regulation win. Mm-hmm. Altogether plus five seventy five on your Valentine's Day. I'm looking. I don't see the Bishop Strong Bobcats on the money line. I'd like to throw those in the in the wake and rake as well.
1: Speaking <laughs> of lost money, well, not that we're losing our money today. I don't know if you have any more Valentines, but did you see the Greg Olson news? Mm-hmm.
0: Greg o- share that.
1: Greg Olson is expected to cede his role as the uh, Fox's top NFL color analyst. Of course, he just. Provided and color he's been doing for the great. Super Bowl. And he's become a very, very People love him. Uh, respected and loved analyst. He'll have to do that, though, because Tom Brady will eventually step into the booth. He will do that in 2024. Apparently, Olsen's salary, when he goes from the top spot for Fox to the the number two hole, it's a difference of $7 million. We'll go from a $10 million salary to a $3 million no salary. Way. All because Tom Brady is coming in with that whopping $375 fair. million dollar contract over 10 years. We need a broadcasting trade we talked about this Honestly, we joked I was around just about, about it. to say that Greg Olson this like that should be You should have the ability to leave if you want if you're Olson You have to accept a seven million dollar pay cut
0: and there's no way you don't do that with Tom Brady Like in terms of you have to step back It's Tom Brady, but he shouldn't what? get
1: they should just put Tom Brady on the panel Like mm. we just saw the Fox panel with Strand and Jimmy Johnson and Howie Long and all that Just put Tom Brady in the middle of that panel have him front facing. You want to see the face rather than hear the voice, do you not? Every day or every Sunday, really. Then you could have Olson doing his job. You don't have to worry about Brady sucking because Brady could suck.
0: Uh, I, maybe this there's a, a one year Romo tip thing. your way into it too, instead of giving him the reins right away. To you're right, he could suck. He could suck. I really like Greg Olson. I feel for the guy losing a big chunk of change, and he just started and he's second. like
1: immediately really good.
0: Maybe we can get Greg Olsen and Charles Davis as a power team
1: well we don't want him to trade traded to cbs then our guy charles might be scrapping it out for that number two seed we can't have that we can't have that
0: well everybody i hope you have a beautiful lovely glorious valentine's day thanks for sharing that with us this morning we love our listeners and we hope you enjoy watching the toronto raptors tonight against orlando magically it doesn't spoil your valentine's day evening. Go Bobcats, go! We'll be back tomorrow morning.